Welcome to Gospel Mission Church's message podcast. We pray that God will meet you in this time with a fresh revelation of His love for you and that you will be challenged to align with the amazing plans that God has waiting for you. Here's this week's message from Pastor Brenton. We thank you that you are, you are here, Lord God, and we're excited that, uh, yeah, we're going to be opening up more and more now, and so seeing faces more and more, and that's going to be really great. But we know that you can work through these means. We know that you can work um, through the means of, uh, yeah, online message, because your spirit uh, is everywhere, right? You're omnipresent, and so you're present. Wherever anyone's watching this, you are, are present. And I just pray that you would speak to every heart that's listening just in a profound and, and awesome way, Lord God, like only you can. Amen. Great, so we are continuing our, our Summer in the Psalms series. Spending all of summer in the book of Psalms, and the book of Psalms, I, I've just really, really loved this. I've been also reading the, the Psalm devotionals that we have here in our church foyer. Shout out to those if you want those devotionals. I was actually going to bring one up with me, I forgot. But if you want one of those, they're waiting in the, in the foyer here at church during the week. They're just really awesome. Uh, it, it's, it's so fun to go through the Psalms. And so today we're going to look at another Psalm. It's going to be Psalm 97. So if you want to turn there in your Bibles or in your phones, that would be a good idea. Psalms 91, sing to the Lord a new song, sing to the Lord all the earth. So we have this invitation for all the earth. This is how the psalm starts, this invitation for all the earth to sing. How many of you like singing? How many of you like singing? Um, I sort of like singing, but at one point in my life, I, I didn't like it as much because my dreams were crushed. Uh, I thought I was a really good singer, and uh, we were in music class, and what I would do is I would always sing like falsetto, because I thought that was like what you were supposed to do. So I would always sing way up here, and I was like singing kind of with, with all the, like I was just singing high. I thought that's what you needed to do, and, and one time the, the music teacher um, took me after class and kind of said, Brenton, like, you're not really hitting any of the right notes. And that really crushed me. And it was like, oh, my, my, singing, my singing passion kind of took a hit. And I remember eventually I learned to play the guitar. And so I started leading people in worship. And it never seemed to go super, super well. And so one day I recorded my voice and I listened to it. And, and I realized, man, I'm still really bad at singing. In my ears, it sounds like the best. I'm, you should hear me sing the way I hear me sing. Like, I, I sing like Michael Buble. It sounds so nice. But um, for everyone else, for some reason, it doesn't, doesn't sound as good. But, but the thing is, whether you like singing or not, whether you're good at singing or not, it, it doesn't actually matter. We have this invitation to sing. Uh, and... And at GMC here, we, we do a lot of singing, and that's really intentional. When, when we have worship, it's not to fill time. It's not just to be like, oh, it's kind of cool to have the instruments playing. It's nice to have drums and electric guitar and all of that. We're, we're singing really because I think it's one of God's love languages. One of God's love languages, I think, is singing songs and expressing our affection to Him through song. 
And so this is, this is really why we, we, we sing. It's not because just the music's great and all of that. It's because we're bringing worship to God. We're offering praise and affection to him. And so when we sing, we have to remember that, that I think singing is one of God's love languages. And when I do premarital counseling, uh, we talk about love languages, right? What, what, what is your spouse's love language? Discover that and then do that thing. If it's acts of service, wash the dishes. If it's quality time, make sure you're spending quality time. It's, if it's physical touch, make sure you're giving them back rubs, right? You want to love your spouse the way that they feel loved. And so we want to love God the way that he wants to be loved, right? And so I think one of those ways is singing. It's an awesome way that we get to bring praise to God, and it's something that David did a whole lot of. He sang, he worshiped, uh, and even this, this psalm, some, um, some scholars will say that this was written as the Ark of the Covenant was brought back into Jerusalem. It was the psalm of praise and celebration and, and victory, and as David was was bringing the ark back, ushering the ark of, uh, of the covenant and God's presence back in Jerusalem. He was dancing. He was, he was, the Bible says he danced with all of his might. He danced with all of his might. Do you ever, you, any, any of you ever dance with all of your might? You don't dance really well when you're dancing with all of your might, right? And so, the thing is, David wasn't dancing to look good. He wasn't trying to impress everyone watching. He was dancing for God. And even his own wife was saying, wow, David, you, you kind of look like a fool dancing before everyone. Is that how a king is supposed to act? And David says, you know what? I'm going to become even more humiliated in my own eyes. In my own eyes, I'm going to say, wow, David, you are a fool for dancing this hard. And why did he say that? It's because he was, he was giving this expression to God through dance. And so I, I think the Psalms and covering the Psalms is just such an awesome series to cover for us because we're Mennonites. Not all of us, but a lot of us are Mennonite. And if you're not Mennonite, you're, you grow, you've grown up probably in maybe this environment. Not everyone. Some of you have moved from other places and that, that's great. But now you're in this environment, and, and, and this environment of, of the Peminent Valley area, we don't do a lot of dancing, right? I think all of us need some oil in our hip joints. Like, you, you see other people dancing um, in, in so, you know, South America, how, how, they, how they do the salsa, like, it's like, how, how is that even physically possible? Well, we just, we just never have tried, right? So we, we, don't, we don't dance. And if you look at church in this area too, I've been to church uh, in, in a few places. I've been to church in Mexico. I've been to church in South Africa. I've been to church in, in India. And there is so much more expression in all of those churches than, than in this church here. Actually, uh, in, in fact, I was, I was listening to, uh, uh, it, it was a, a, a a teaching on how to preach well, and, and one preacher was talking about how different sermons connect with different audiences, and uh, he went to Winnipeg, and he said, I preached this one sermon here, and then I preached it in Winnipeg, and man, it just bombed. No one connected with the, the sermon at all, and I felt like telling him, no, we, you, we probably love the sermon. You know, when I love a sermon, you know what I do? 
I do that. Nothing. <laughs> but inside, I'm like, oh, that's really good. I love that. Amen. That's what my heart is doing. But it doesn't make out into, into my, my, my physical action or my mouth. Right? We're not expressive here. And I think it's healthy for us to go through the Psalms because they're so expressive. They connect with emotion that often in this culture we've learned to suppress. Right? And so it's good to dance with all your might before the Lord. It's good to do that. And, and I'm, almost, I'm almost shocked to say I was wondering before, dur- during worship, I was wondering, just to hit on this a little bit more, I was just asking myself, if someone was at this service dancing with all of their might, would I be like David's wife? Would I be like David's wife saying, <laughs> look at this guy, wow, what a loony. Would that be me? Well, I'm in the wrong then, right? And that person's probably in the right, unless they're doing it for their own attention. But if they're doing it for the Lord, that's beautiful, right? So sing a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord. Praise his name, it says in verse 2. Proclaim his salvation day after day. You know, it's easy to proclaim salvation, isn't it? If you've truly been saved, it's easy to tell someone uh, about that. Uh, I I don't want to call myself a hero. I'll let you decide. But uh, I I kind of... Oh, I, I kind of saved someone's life. No big deal. But uh, I'll tell you the story. We were in, I think it was California, and, and we were walking across this kind of ravine, and there was this big tree that had fallen over it, and so it looked really sturdy, and it was. We walked across the tree to the other side of, of the little ravine, and all of a sudden as we walked to the other side, it was, uh, we were, we were kind of climbing up this, it wasn't like a cliff, but it was really, really steep. And all of a sudden, uh, um, someone I was with was, was sliding down and not able to, to climb on up. And down below, there was jagged rocks, and it would have been a good 20 to 15 feet fall. And so I ended up getting a branch and ended up reaching that out to them. Uh, and, and I pulled them up, and she was saved. And so we got back to the other people. And what's the first thing that she did? She proclaimed that said, wow, Brenton saved me. Isn't he amazing? So, um, but that just makes sense, right? Imagine, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not actually amazing at all. Uh, but, but that makes sense, right? I mean, imagine she would get back to everyone else and, and it would just be like nothing happened. I, I, you know, my ego would be a little maybe hurt. Little che- I would be maybe a little cheesed off, right? Like, she said nothing? I just saved her. Isn't she going to proclaim that? Isn't she going to tell that? Well, guys, in the, in the same way, God has saved us. We've been saved by God, and, and he's been faithful in, in so many ways. And so what we get to do now is we get to do the joy of proclaiming his salvation. That word proclaim really means bringing good news. We get to be bearers of good news. It's rough to be bearers of bad news, right? But it's amazing to be bearers of, of good news, my, my brother and my sister-in-law the other day, they came to my house and, and they announced that, that they were expecting a baby. And you could just see, and it was just a joyous event, right? They, they didn't bring it with a, yeah, we're having a baby, it's good. 
No, it was exciting. They were, they were pumped about it. You know, you could see it uh, on them that they were excited about this because it makes sense. It, it's exciting and it's awesome to bring good news. And so we get to bring good news. We get to proclaim God's salvation of what he's done in our lives day after day. And my question to you is, what do you have to proclaim? It's a good question. What do you have to proclaim? Think about that. You have a story. You have a testimony. There's no way that God hasn't done something in your life. There's no way that God hasn't given you hope or, 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 or something to share. We heard two stories this weekend of two ladies who, who Jesus has worked in their life. And it's so awesome to hear that. The only thing is I don't want to hear someone's testimony just out of baptism. I want to hear, I want to hear your testimony. Okay? The church wants to hear your testimony because when you share your testimony of God's faithfulness, I don't know about you, when, but when someone proclaims good news of what God has done in their life, it just stirs up my faith. And we need that. Our church needs that. I need that. Email me if God's working in your life. For real, I want to hear it. I'm not joking. And also our world needs that, right? Our world needs good news. The good news of Jesus Christ. That, that's really the only news that is going to bring hope in, in the end, right? Everyone's probably wanting the news of, hey, COVID left overnight. It's all gone. Wow, that's the news we want to hear. But no, there would still be a hole in their soul. There, 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 there would still be other problems that come. They need to hear news that's truly good. The news of the gospel. The news that God loves them. So proclaim God's salvation day after day. This is a way we want to worship God. Verse 3, declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous deeds all, among all peoples. And that word declare means count or make a, a written record, take note. What do you take note of? I've, I've heard some interesting things of what people end up taking note of. I have a friend who takes note of people's hubcaps. Yeah, he'll, he'll, he'll know any hubcap in town pretty much. So tomorrow, I'm imagining he's going to be at the drive-in service and he's just going to be scanning hubcaps. Okay, I'm taking note. I'm taking note. Okay, yep, yep, yep. And he's just going to memorize all the hubcaps. We, t- we take note of, of different things, right? But here this psalm says, hey, make sure you're taking note of his glory. Take note of his glory. Don't, don't let this amazing glory and splendor of God pass you by. Take note of it. I remember when my family traveled to, to uh, it was in Alberta to Jasper, and, and we were driving by, and the scenery was just spectacular, and I was playing video games. I was just playing Mario, and, and that's what I wanted to do. I just wanted to play Mario, and, and my, my parents says, turn that off, Brenton. Take note, look, look at the splendor, look at the mountains, aren't they incredible, aren't they amazing? (laughs) No, I'm just playing my video games, I just want to play. It's like, no, the mountains are so incredible, take note, take note of them. We live in the prairies, we don't see these things all the time. They were wise, telling me to take note of the splendor and majesty of the mountains. And in the same way, we sometimes, we're just playing our video games. We're just so caught up with stuff that's, that's not wonderful. 
And we're not taking note of the, the, the glory and the splendor and the awesomeness of God. Take note of his glory among the nations, his marvelous deeds among all people. They're still there, right? He's still moving. He's doing amazing things. We need to take note of it. I love what it says in Revelation, or, or Romans 1 verse 20. For since the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky through everything God made. They see his invisible qualities. Isn't that amazing? Through everything he made, they see the qualities of God. They see his external power and divine nature, so they have no excuse for knowing God. It's, it's really like, like everything that God has made shows us how awesome he is. They show us his divine nature, his invisible qualities, and they're really all an invitation to know him more. We're, we're living in a world that's an invitation to know God more. Right? Psalms 1 said, The heavens declare the glory of God, the skies proclaim the work of his hands. Let's take note of his glory. If, you, if you're camping this summer, just, just stop and take note of his glory. Stop and hear the birds. And, and just, just be in awe of, of who God is. May, may we take note of his glory among the nations and his marvelous deeds among the peoples. Verse 4, for, for great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. Isn't he worthy to be praised? Isn't he great? He is to be a feared above all gods. And, and this call to fear is, is really related to his greatness and his power and how awesome he is. And, and it's not actually a fear of I'm, I'm, I'm actually just afraid of God and I, I don't... I, like I'm, I'm just, like a normal fear like that, it's more of a fear of respect. I still remember when I went to India uh, to, a, to actually a pagan temple where they, they were worshiping, uh, it, it was a temple of the God of lust and destruction and death. And so they were there and they were worshiping this God and I saw them clawing at this idol. I still have that mental image. I will literally, I don't think I'll ever forget it because it just brings a, just like a pain in my heart for, for the God that they believed in. Because what they were doing is they were fearful and they were, their, their worship was really just, don't hurt me, don't hurt me, don't curse my family, don't, don't kill my family, you're the God of death, so please. You know, they're begging, they were fearful of this God. But the fear that we're called to have to God is, wow, God, you're so awesome. You're so holy you're so big, you're so powerful, and you live in me? Whoa, whoa. That means I, I, I wanna watch the way I live. That means I wanna respect you, God, because you're just so much greater and so much more awesome than I even know. And so when I'm, I'm, I'm living my life, I, I wanna live in reverence and awe and fear and respect of who you are. And this is important that we have this attitude in our lives because it says in Proverbs 9.1, fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Think about that. Lesson one in being wise. Lesson one, fear the Lord. That's lesson one. Because if you don't fear the Lord, then you're just concerned about your own matters. We want to live in a, in a holy reverence and awe to God and watch how we live. And, and this is the beginning of, of being wise. 
Awesome. Verse 5, for all gods of the nations are idols. That word actually means they're nothings. But the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and glory are in his sanctuary. It's just talking about who God is, right? Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and glory are in his sanctuary. Verse 7, ascribe to the Lord. Now, word ascribe means to give or, or give credit. Ascribe to the Lord, all you families of nations. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord. It says it three times. To the Lord, the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. So here we have a scribe, a scribe, a scribe. We have this opportunity to, to give back to God, right? And I think we live in a culture and, and our sinful nature is not give, 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 but rather take, 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 right? If, we, if you look at the beginning of the, of the pandemic, what was, what was one of the first things that happened? It was like, oh, I need, to, I need to buy all the toilet paper I can. I need to protect myself, right? Sometimes this is, this is our, our sinful nature and, and, and we want to protect ourselves and we want to think of ourselves and, and that can bleed in, into our Christianity. That can make its way into our Christianity. But our ultimate call is to give to God, ascribe to him. The glory do his name, it says. That, and, and really what that's talking about is give God, give credit where credit's due, Right? Ascribe to him the glory, do his name, give credit where credit's due. When I go to Pastor Claude's house and he makes me an amazing steak and it just tastes like just incredible, it's just unreal, it's amazing. How could I not give credit where credit's due, right? I want to say, wow, that was such an awesome steak, that was so good, right? Because he made that and the credit is it, to him for, for that stake. Again, in the same way in our lives, all of the credit goes to God. All of it goes to God. And this is where it says, ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. That word glory, we've talked about it a few times now, is the Hebrew word kabod, and it means your weight or your reputation. So what does it mean to give God your weight and reputation? It, it just means that, that you're, you're not getting the credit, right? It's, it's kind of like when a basketball player or a, or a sports player wins a championship and says, you know what, all, all the glory goes to God. It's kind of a cliche thing, but it's actually how we're called to live our lives, right? Any accomplishment that we achieve, any money that we have, any blessing that we have, it's not, wow, look at me. Look at how awesome I am. Look at how talented I am. Look look at how amazing, look what I've done. No, it's all on him. All the credit for that goes to him. Why? Because any talent we have is from him. Any, any money we have is, is because he gave us the ability to make it and it actually belongs to him. Even my heart beating right now is because of him. In him we live, we move, we have our being. So, so if how could I take credit for, for any of this? It's all, all the glory goes to him and all the strength. 
ascribing strengths to the Lord. It just, it's talking about how we're just constantly giving credit to God. It's not us being strong. It's, it's Him. It's all about Him. And we're living our lives like it's all about Him. Next it says, come to the temple with offering. So what, what that would have meant is bring your best cow. Bring an awesome calf. Bring awesome fruit to the temple, right? And give this, this gift. And now this is not the case anymore for us as a church. We're, I don't want any of you to show up to the drive-in service next week with a big cow. Well, maybe you can, but we would just end up having a barbecue. We wouldn't sacrifice that to God. We would eat it, right? Because Jesus was the ultimate sacrifice. But at the same time, we, we still can come to the temple with an offering. We, we can still offer God our, our time, our talents, our money. And it's amazing that, that we can, can give these things to God. And anything we give to God, it's not because God's in lack, but it, it's just an opportunity to worship Him, right? When, when I give my, my, my money to, to the church and when I tithe, it's an opportunity to worship God. When, I, when we volunteer our time, it's an opportunity to, to worship God. And, and I want this to be our attitude in, in the fall. What if this was our attitude? I'm coming to church with, with an offering. What can I offer God? Right? What do I have to offer God today? What, what if that was our attitude about church? What, was that, what, what if that was our attitude about worship? You know, often we, we, I hear this phrase, and I've said it too, man, that, that worship was, that was a good worship set. That was so, that worship was good. But ultimately, there's only one person that can really say that worship was good. It's, it's God. Because it was for Him. Right? And good worship is not playing good notes or, or having a euphoric feeling as we sing those things. Good worship it's just having a heartfelt expression and offering a praise to God. It's bringing an offering to Him. Right? So we have this call to worship God through giving back to Him. Giving Him the glory, giving Him the strength, giving Him the honor, bringing our offering to the Lord. Then it says, worship in the splendor of His holiness. Tremble before Him all the earth. How awesome is that? That we get to worship God in the splendor of his holiness. God's not just in heaven saying, worship me. Worship me now, okay? I'm good, so worship me. No, we get, we get to enter his presence and worship him. We get to worship in the splendor of his holiness. We get to taste and see that the Lord is good and then say, whoa, you're so good, right? This is why we worship, because we we see who, who God is. We wouldn't be able to worship unless God would reveal himself to us, right? He invites us into worship and he invites us into his splendor and then we get to respond with, wow, God, you are awesome. You are amazing. You are holy. You are good. So let's finish this out here. It says, say among the nations, the Lord reigns, the world is firmly established, it can't be moved. That's, that's a wild statement right there. Say among the nations that God's in control, he reigns, the world is fully established, it can't be moved. 
it looks like our world is moving, right? Looks like there's some stuff. Like, like that statement is, like, I read that statement and it's like, what? 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 It, like, you're, like, I know you're in control, God, but our world is full, f- firmly established and it can't be moved. There's, there's a lot of mess going on around me, right? There's a lot of junk here in this world, God. But he, God's talking about his kingdom, his world, and his kingdom can't be shaken, right? And this is the, the, the amazing thing, and this is going to be getting into the, the end times, but the most amazing thing is no matter what's going on or around us in this world, his world can't be shaken. So we can proclaim, hey, I'm from a kingdom that can't actually be shaken. So cool. He will judge the peoples with equity. How awesome is that? Right? We see injustices in this world. We've seen them time and time again. Sin, right? Just terrible sin. And it's like, ah, oh, will, will justice ever come? And some, for some people, it just consumes them. Like, ah, oh, look, at, look at this. Ah, oh, look at everything that needs justice. And look at all this cor- corruption. Look at all this evil. And it's not a bad thing to want justice. But ultimately, in the end, it's going to be made right. In the end, the judge is going to come and he's going to judge with liquidity so we can have assurance in that. So it's talking about the end times, right? And then this is what it says. Let the heavens rejoice. Let the earth be glad. Let the sea resound and all that's in it, all the whales, everything. Let the fields be jubilant and everything in them. Let all the trees of the forest sing for joy. Wow. Let all creation rejoice before the Lord, for he comes. He comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and all the peoples in his faithfulness. So again, this is talking about the the end judgment period. And what is happening is, is, is the earth and heaven are celebrating now in anticipation that God is going to come to judge. They're pumped about that. Are, are we pumped about the end times? That's my question to you. Are we pumped about the end times? What, gr- growing up, I had so much fear. I had so much fear. And, and my, my mom also had a, had a lot of fear about the end times. And it was, I, I think that was a, an attitude that was just passed down. And, and whenever someone would mention the end times, literally, I would just like, oh no, oh no, oh no. I would get so scared. Because whenever I, we think of the end times, we're, we're always focused on tribulation. That's really all we focus on. We don't really focus on what's, what's after this part where it's, it's, it's incredible, it's joyful, we just focus on, oh my, there's going to be tribulation. My comfort is going to be taken away. Things are going to get tough. But this passage talks about the end times in a context of joy and anticipation. The world is pumped about it. And actually the early church too. The early church, they would often talk about the day of the Lord. They would talk about the day of the Lord. They would say, the end is coming, the end is coming. But that was a, 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 it was a celebration thing to say. It was an encouraging thing to say. They would say, hey, hey, the end's coming, man. Hold on. God is going to come. We're going to be caught up with him. The day of the Lord is going to come. 
Woo! It's coming. Why? Why was that an encouragement to him? Because they were in the tribulation. Right? They were right in the tribulation. And so they, when they talked about the end times, they were like, come on, bring it on. Let's go. And we have a very different mindset, I think, because we're really comfortable in this world. Right? We're really happy in this world. We, we have so much in this world. We're, we're caught up in this world. And so, so often when we, when we look at the end times, we don't have this joy. We have fear because we're scared that our comfort's going to be taken away. But the early church had joy because their comfort was in the Holy Spirit. And their hope was in heaven and in his kingdom. And so here's the thing. I, I'm not going to have heavenly joy if I'm caught up in this world, am I? I'm not gonna have heavenly joy. It's gonna feel like my world's gonna be shaken. I'm not gonna be able to join in with saying, hey, hey, God's reigning, the world's not shaking, let's party, because he's coming back. I can only do that if I'm really caught up in his kingdom, his kingdom, right? We can be so caught up in this earth and, and, and issues in our world, and, and, and that's okay. It's, it's not bad to know about issues in our world, but, but I, I, I think in this church, what we're always going to focus on, maybe we'll touch on issues in the world, but we're always going to focus on spiritual matters. Because his kingdom is not of this world. Right? This is what Jesus did. This is, when Jesus came to earth, look at what he did. He didn't come to, to overthrow any government or anything like that. He came to usher in a new kingdom. And saying, hey, I am the king. Oh, you're not a king. No, I am. It's just my kingdom's not of this world. It's transcendent, right? And as soon as we realize that, I think the party starts now. No matter what's going on, the party starts because we know our kingdom can't be shaken. We know that the judge is coming, the ultimate judge, and he's gonna make things right. And so then we can join in with heaven and earth who are excited about God coming back. Come on. Heaven and earth are pumped about God coming back. Are you pumped? Are you pumped about that? Can we join in with this song right now? I think so. I think so. But it, it, it takes that I want to be caught up with him. I want to be caught up with his joy. I, I want to be caught up with his kingdom. Amen. Thanks for listening. If there's anything we can do to help you along in your journey, email prayer at gmchurch.ca. If you'd like to see what's coming up at Gospel Mission Church or learn more about us, visit gmchurch.ca.